going to welcome my wife up here, the first lady of the house. Come on up. She's going to be preaching to us this morning. Don't worry, somebody else will get it. We'll serve you like that. This is my wife, Heather. She's amazing. She's going to be preaching to us this morning. She's got a great word to share with us, and I want to pray for her as we get going and go into the word. Uh, if you came ready to hear from me, you're going to get bonus because it's going to be better. She's my favorite preacher, and she's good looking too, and I love her. All right, Lord, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for what you've been doing in our hearts and worship. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for your promise and your presence. Thank you that you're leading us every step of our lives, Lord, and I thank you that you're not done with us this morning, you're not done with us in life, and I pray, God, that as we, um, as we dig into your word this morning, that you would open up our hearts, that we'd be hungry anywhere that we're not even hungry. I pray that we would all be ready to receive a word from you that changes our lives completely. We're excited to hear from you, and we're asking uh, for more than we're ready for in the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Give Heather a shout. Awesome. Good morning. I'm so excited to share with y'all. Um, please excuse my raspy voice, okay? So we've been fighting a cold at the Zanaco home, and so I sound like this. Um, and that's great. If you know my daughter Rose, she has a little raspy voice. It's pretty adorable. So I'm just channeling my inner Rose, right? Um, but I'm so excited to share with you this morning. We're going to be um, starting a new series. But if you're new with us and you haven't been tracking with what God has been sharing with us this whole year, it's been awesome. So 2019, we have been um, we have been having a series um, that ended a couple weeks ago, but it was called Do Not Hold Back. And because that is from Isaiah 54 two, we felt like as a church, what is God speaking to us for 2019? And he was saying, do not hold back. Don't hold anything back from me. Run hard, go after me. And so we took the month of January to explore like, what are the things that are keeping us from holding back, right? What are the beliefs that we have in our heart that are gonna keep us um, from the things that God has for us? And it was amazing. And then last week. If anybody was here last week, was who was here last week? I just want to know. Okay, you probably got your face rocked off because it was incredible. We got to hear from um, Jimmy Seibert, who's the leader of the Antioch movement. He started Antioch Church, and we our Antioch, Antioch Indianapolis, is a part of a network of family of churches around the globe. And so Jimmy shared with us, and it was amazing, out of Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And so he shared this word that now there is a time in history and now is the time to run the race. That there has been a great cloud of witnesses leading up to this time in history that you get to be a part of the kingdom of God on the earth and that the nations are gonna know Jesus. And so let's throw everything off, right? If you're here, you're like, I wanna know Jesus again. Um, and so he's, he was inviting us and challenging us um, to throw everything off. And that was such an encouraging word to me because it really sounded like do not hold back, right? It sounded like, wow, God, you are speaking something to us as the people of God. And that was so cool. And so that um, was kind of like the buildup into this series that we're going to start because I think we all really want to run the race, right? We want to do that. I think most of us want to not hold back, but how do we do that? Right? 
What are the tools that God has given us to help us run this race? And so we want to talk about this series, and we're calling it Live It, okay? We are a note-taking church, just so you know. I will call you out. Not really. But um, we love taking notes because we are like little fish and we don't remember anything. So I want you to write some notes this morning because God is going to speak to you. My voice is raspy, but the power of God is going to tell you something this morning that I think you'll want to remember. So we're in this series, Live It. And last week, Jimmy had this quote that was just, whoa, knife in your gut, right? He said, the kingdom of God is not boring for those who live it. And I think that you should definitely write that down. The kingdom of God is not boring for those who are living it. And so that's why we want this series to be called Live It. We want to be that people. So God has given us some tools, and this morning, I get to talk to you about the Bible. All right, who's excited to talk about the Bible? Okay, yeah, we love our Bibles here, and honestly, this is kind of a big topic, right? This is a big book, lots, lots happening, so where do you even start? Okay, that's kind of a little bit how I felt about it. Um, if you are here two years ago, I talked about the Bible. I don't know why I'm the Bible girl, so I just, I'm talking about the Bible this morning. And so as I was thinking about where do I start, I felt like I got this picture of a 3D movie, okay? Who's ever seen a 3D movie? Anybody has been there? Okay, great. It's not really my preferred way to watch a movie, but it is very cool. And so in a 3D movie, it's three-dimensional. That's what 3D stands for. And so you have to have these special glasses, right, to watch the movie. And so if you want to fully experience the movie in full, you have to wear these glasses, okay? And if you've ever tried to watch a 3D movie without these glasses, it's very difficult, okay? You're kind of sitting there. It's a very trippy experience. You don't know what's happening. It's unclear. You really aren't sure, like, what is going on. It's not making much sense. And the whole thing just kind of falls flat, right? It's not the same, And compared to something 2D, it's like 3D, it's popping out at you. You're like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. They are coming to life, right? And I think that the Bible is like that too. I think the Bible is like that. It is three-dimensional, okay? But we, a lot of times, most of us are just seeing it in 2D, and, and we're not getting the full picture, okay? It's not bad, but we're not getting the life that it is. And so we're seeing it as just instructional, which it is. There's things in here that we need to learn. We're seeing it maybe as just historical. It's like a bunch of stories about old people lived a long time ago and they're all dead, okay? And that's true. That is actually true. But... I think that there is this other dimension to the Bible, and that's the Bible's relational. Okay, I want you to write that down, that the Bible is relational. And I think that we need these 3D lens. We need to wear these lenses so that we can see the full picture of what the Bible is and what it can be in our lives. Because when we miss that the Bible's relational, we're actually missing Jesus. We know about him, 
about him, but we miss knowing him. And there is a difference. We miss that Jesus is wanting to relate to us, that he's wanting to speak to us, that he's wanting to connect with us through his word. And it's not a boring old book about stories about God. It is God's way of speaking to us directly about who he is, about who we are. And it's, it's relational because he wants us to know him. He wants us to know him. So this morning, I want everyone right now, we're going to do it. It's cheesy. I want you to put on your 3D glasses, okay? Just put them on. No one's doing it. Okay, there we go. Mom mentality. We're all doing it because you're going to remember it later, okay? And so my prayer is is that you never see the Bible as two-dimensional again. You're going to be ruined for seeing the Bible like that, okay? And for me... um, Um, For me, growing up in a particular denomination in Texas, we were immersed in the Bible. And at a very young age, like the Bible was very important to us, learning it, memorizing it, the scriptures where it had a high value. And so from a young age, I remember memorizing things in Awana's anyone, you all have Awanas here? I don't know. Is that, okay. So it's a, it's a nation thing. Okay. So um, we have Awanas. And so we'd go um, on Sunday nights and we would read our Bibles and learn the books of the Bible. And you would have contests to see how fast you could find 2 Corinthians. Karis knows. And so for some of you, that sounds really strange. Okay. I know it does. And for some of you, that might sound very legalistic or something like, why would you make your kids do that? Okay. But I don't know where you're coming from, what your personal experience is with the Bible. But for me, I grew up meeting with God in the Bible. That's how I knew how to love him. That's how I grew to love him. And I'm so thankful that my heart turned to God at a young age. And I honestly used to be a little insecure about this, okay? Um, that I didn't have some great testimony to share with you. And I felt like God pricked my heart. The Holy Spirit's like, no, that is a great testimony, right? Like in sharing something like this about the Bible, I would feel really insecure. Like, oh, she's like never lived a lot of life. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course she loves the Bible. Like she knew God when she was eight, you know? And just write me off. But um, I'm serious. So, um, but God is like, no, actually, I can stand up here so confidently right now and say that I have a life of testimonies from the Bible. I have a experience after experience. I have decades of stories stored up in my life from the Bible. And I can say with confidence that our God is good. And that this book is not just relation, or is not just historical, right? It's not just instructional, but it's relational because God has been speaking to me through it my whole life. And he's given us his words so that we can have a relationship with him. This is incredible. Y'all, and I used to paint scriptures on canvases and I would hang them in my room. My mom still has them. Um, not much has changed. Um, and I would have, I'm going to put this on the floor. Okay. 
um, I would have like little Rolodexes of cards and write scriptures on them. And because I needed to learn how to handle different childhood situations. Okay. Like I'm a middle school girl and stuff's happening. Like gossip is happening. I need to know what to do with that. I need to know what to think about. I need to know what God says about my body physically. Like, changes are happening, you know? We've been there. And so I would search out the Bible for verses that spoke to these issues in my life. And I I wasn't doing this because I was super holy or I was a really good Christian because I was and am an imperfect human being, and I need to have solid ground to stand on. Yeah, I need to have something that I am anchored to and that I am fixed to. And even as a little girl, God used his word to be real to me and to talk to me and lead me and give me revelation about who he is and who I am and the life that he's given to me. And my goal in life, I'm just going to tell you so you know, my whole goal in my life is that I want to know Jesus and I want to walk with him. And he's given me his word so that I can. That's actually possible for us. And it's actually possible for you because he's given you his word so that we're not floundering Christians, okay, but that we are Christians that know Jesus and that we can bring him to the world around us. And King David wrote this amazing, super long psalm, Psalm 119, okay, and if you've if you've ever read it, it's very long. But um, you can see that David has this 3D lens when he's looking at the Bible. And he knew that it was instructional. Okay, so verse 7, if you want to turn to Psalm 119, feel free, I hear pages. Um, but verse 7 says, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. He knew that there were things to learn from the Bible and from the Word of God. He valued it as historical, okay? Those things are true. It was telling the history of the people of God and God relating to them. Verse 90 says, your faithfulness endures to all generations. You've established the earth and it stands fast. He knew the Word of God was the story of God being faithful throughout all of history. And he knew it was relational, He knew, because he says in verse 103, maybe you've heard this. I love that Justin kind of referenced it, but it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And he knew that God actually wanted to meet with us wherever we're at. And he wants to give us direction. He wants to light our path, our everyday comings and goings. And if we put on these 3D glasses when we read his word, just like Jurassic Park, right, these dinosaurs are jumping out at you, that's how the Bible's going to be. If we see it as relational, it's going to jump off the page to us. And I think that we all want that, right? I'm not trying to convince you. I don't think that I need to tell you that, oh, I want this to matter. I don't want it to sit on my shelf. But how does that happen, right? And so what are the basic elements of relationship? What are those things? Okay, so I'm going to touch on three elements of relationship. How God wants to be in relationship with us through his word. 
so that it matters. And the first one I want you to write down is this, presence. It's his presence. He is with us in present when we read the Bible. And if I'm wearing my 3D lens that the Bible is relational, it's not just a book of random stories. It's Jesus with me right there personally. And John 1, 1 through 2 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So this is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word. He is the revelation of God himself on earth so that we could know him more clearly. And I know that these verses might sound a little mysterious, okay? They might sound a little out there, like in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. You know, we're flowing. Like, what are you talking about? Um, But all that means is that Jesus and the Bible are not separate, Okay, Jesus is with us. He is the embodiment of the word of God. And so when I say that Jesus is with you when you're reading the Bible, I do not mean, obviously, that there is a man standing right next to me, right? So Jesus has came, he lived 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross, he rose from the dead, he's alive, he's in heaven, interceding for us at the right hand of God. And what has he given us? His Holy Spirit, okay? He's given us his Holy Spirit that never leaves us or forsakes us. And that's what I mean when I say that he is with you. His presence is with you. The Holy Spirit is God. And he inspired the Bible and is with us as we're reading the Bible. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit would remind us of all the things that Jesus has said. So the Holy Spirit is telling us about Jesus when we read the word of God, because Jesus is the word of God. And that's amazing, because Jesus told us the purpose of him coming was to show us the Father, to show us what he was like. So the Bible is God speaking to us, being present with us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is no other book on the planet that can do that for you. And I think, though, sometimes we can slip into seeing the Bible as almost a new mediator between us and God right? Something that we have to read correctly or a certain amount if we want to get to God. And there is us over here, and then there's God way over there. He's probably high up, right? Um, And then there's the Bible in the middle right over there. And I have to read it right because somebody knows how to read it right. And so I need to do that in order to get to God, yeah? But it isn't a mediator between us and God, It's not something we have to use to get to God. This is amazing. It is a way that God actually comes to us. This is the way that God has come to us right now in the present. So when you sit down and read the word of God, you're sitting down to hear from God himself. 
And what if we started to associate sitting down with the Bible and God just like sitting down with our cup of coffee and a friend? It's just what we do because his presence is with us and he's ready to meet with us. So that's the first way that the Bible is real relationship with Jesus because of his presence. And the second one is this, talk. It's talk. That's right, Lens. Talking. Just like a normal relationship you have with a friend, what do you do? You talk. You talk to each other, right? There is an exchange back and forth. You get to know one another. You learn more about each other because you're just talking. You're talking to each other. And when we sit down to read the Bible, God is talking to us. He's speaking to us in his word. He is revealing to us and showing us his character. He's showing us his purposes on the earth. He's equipping us on how to live this life. In Hebrews 4.12, it's going to be on the screen, but write this one down, okay? The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed. I love that. It's God-breathed. His word is alive because Jesus is alive which means the power, the life, the breath of God, it is moving in our hearts when we're reading things off of these pages, when we're interacting with these stories, when he's giving us instructions. They aren't meant to be flat sentences on a page. They are full of the supernatural power of God to transform us. Amen? Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can discern what is the good, perfect, and pleasing will of God. God doesn't just want you to memorize his words so you can sound spiritual at church. Gross. Seriously. That is yucky, okay? He's speaking to you to shape you and lead you and teach you and love you because he's a good shepherd, okay? And he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him, and he wants you to know who you are, and he wants to make you new. That's good news. And recently, <clears throat> I was reading out of Joshua, okay? It's in the Old Testament and I was reading in chapter 1, verse 9. I'm pretty familiar with it. We, it's like a family verse that we love. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So if this is just an instructional or historical book, what would a verse in the Old Testament about a war general thousands of years ago have to do with me? Right? Seriously. But it's not just that, right? What is it? It's relational, okay? It's God talking to us, and he was talking to me, okay? And so I'm like, okay, you're talking to me in the Bible, right? So I look up the word strong, just Googled it, and it 
gives multiple definitions. And one of the definitions that really stuck out to me was fastened to. Okay, I don't know why it just stuck out to me. Fastened to. And so because I'm in relationship with Jesus, because he is with me by his spirit as I'm reading this book, because it's alive, I can ask God, what does that mean? What does that mean? Why is that important? What does fastened to have to do with anything, right? And so I get a picture in my head. I ask the Lord that question, and I get a picture of a sloth, naturally, okay? So if you, just hang with me. I talked about sheep a couple months ago. We're talking about sloths. I don't even really love animals, but it's fine. Um, Don't hate me. Okay, so... um, So anyways, it's kind of a joke amongst my friends that I am a little bit like a sloth. Like if that was, that would be my animal. I sort of have the speed of a sloth, kind of slow, just hanging out, just chilling, okay? Which if you know Andrew, this is hilarious because he's like the energizer bunny. We are very opposites, okay? So God knows me, okay? So he gives me a picture of a sloth because he knows me and... God says sloths are fastened to their tree branch. Okay, that's just a fact. They do. They're very slow. They actually, ecosystems will grow on their back because they don't move. (laughs) It's fascinating. Okay. Um, But God says they're fastened to their tree branch, and that is you to me when you are abiding with me. Okay, and John 15 says, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. And I read John 1, 9 various times in my life, okay? But because his presence is with me, right? Because his word is living and active and Jesus is speaking to me, he's talking to me. When I read that, it was like first time. It was like the first time my heart was being pierced, okay? It was being pierced, dividing soul and spirit to my core so that I could hear that being strong did not mean being perfect, okay? I needed to hear that I didn't need to muster anything up out of my own strength to be a better mom, to be a better wife, to be X, Y, Z. Are you with me? And all I needed to know was being strong meant being fastened to Jesus during my day. I'm not fastened to anything else. I'm not fastened to my schedule or to other people's opinions or what house you have, what car you drive, whatever it is, how many scrolls you have. It doesn't matter. Jesus was talking to me that morning so that I could read a story in the Bible In the Old Testament, right? The Old Testament. We don't want to read the Old Testament, okay? Not really. Read it. Okay. (laughs) But we can look at stories in the Old Testament about a guy named Joshua and a battle, but it can mean something to me. Does that make sense? Do we see the difference? It's not just a story. It's relationship with Jesus, and he was talking to me, and he wants to talk to you. He wants to meet with you in his word, and he wants it to be alive in your life. And not only is the Bible relational because God is talking to you, but he is teaching you how to talk to him. I love this. I think this is so cool, okay, that this is a way for us to talk to God. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, which is just another word for prayer, right? If you don't know how to pray or 
you don't know what to pray when things are coming up, a great thing to do is pray the word of God, okay? Prayer is something that can sound so intimidating, right? But God wants to teach us how to pray with his word. And if we believe it's living and it's active and it's full of power, then when we pray his word, they aren't just words, okay? They're powerful to affect change. And we all know, like, it's good to pray, right? I should probably pray for people. I should probably pray. The Bible says pray without ceasing. I want to do that. But how do we do that? How do we really do that? And God is so good. He's so present with us. He's so relational that he's trying to teach us how to pray his word. So, for example, I know I want to pray for my husband, okay? I do. But a lot of times if I'm left to myself, you know, early morning, half my coffee, I'm like, thank you, God, for Andrew. Bless him. Amen? (laughs) And that's fine. Like, that's better than nothing, right? But I want to ask God, how do I pray for my husband? What are verses? So I pray Jeremiah 20, verse 9 over Andrew. And I pray and I say, God, would you bless my husband with a fire in his bones so deep that he could not hold it in? He would have to speak and do the words of God. Lord, would you have that fire stoked in him? Would it grow hotter and brighter every single day of his life? I pray Psalm 78, 72 over him that he would lead and guide this church with an upright heart. He would be turned to you, that you'd be devoted to you, that he would lead us with a skillful hand, that anything that he has to know to do, that you would teach him how to do that so he could lead us into the things of God in this church. We can pray for anything and everything with the word of God. And Isaiah 55, 11 says that it will not return empty. His word will not return void but will accomplish the purposes God has for it. That is a promise. I can pray for our city out of Isaiah 60, and I can say, Indianapolis, would you arise and shine for the glory of God? Would you bless this city to be a city on a hill, a light to the nations, Lord? Would the nations gather to you because the glory of God is seen here? Would people's hearts that are in darkness, covered in darkness, Lord, would you let your light shine on them so that they can know you and see you. And Indianapolis can be a place that people go and they see the glory of God. They meet with God. Would it be in Jesus' name? Amen. That is what we want to do with the word of God. We can speak his words. They are life. They are accomplishing something. They are powerful. And God wants to talk to us. And he wants to help us talk to him. And the last way that God is wanting to relate with us through the Bible is by listening. Listen. God wants to teach us how to listen and learn his voice. Okay? We're not good listeners. I'm just going to tell you. But you can be great listeners. But we're not great listeners all the time. And I think there's something that I've been referencing throughout this message, something that I've been just kind of throwing out there, but it's actually the point of the whole thing is that God is still speaking today. He is, and he wants to speak to you, and you can hear his voice. You can. 
In John 10, Jesus says that I'm the good shepherd, and you're my sheep, and my sheep know his voice. They know my voice, and they don't know the voice of the stranger. They know my voice. And Jesus is your shepherd, right? All day, every day, not just when you're reading the Bible, but as you read the Bible, as you're listening to the words of God, as you know more of the Bible, that's when we grow in clarity and hearing his voice in our hearts throughout our day and throughout our life. You get to know someone's voice better, right, the more you listen to them, the more you hear them speak, and the more you know their character, know who they are. And reading the Bible and listening to the Bible, this is how we learn to hear the voice of God. This is it. Knowing his words teaches me how to listen to his voice, right? So when Andrew and I first met, I couldn't really pick his voice out of a crowd. I just couldn't. Like, I didn't know it well enough. But now, having been married for as long as we have, having spent every single day together, right? (laughs) I know his voice. If he's talking across the room, if he laughs, if he makes a joke, I can pick it out above the noise, because my ear is tuned to it, right? I know what he sounds like. And there is a lot of noise going on in our world. A lot of noise. You're reading lots of things. You're thinking lots of things. The world is telling you lots of things. They're posting lots of things. You're scrolling through lots of things. Like, my goodness, it's noisy. And we need to know the shepherd's voice. We need to know what he sounds like. And and not only do I want to know what he sounds like, like I can hear him above anything else, but I need to know what he sounds like, meaning his character. Okay? I need to know what he sounds like based on his character. I know what Andrew would or wouldn't do based on me knowing him, right? So if someone comes to me and says, hey, did you hear Andrew like talking about so-and-so, talking bad about them? And I'd be like, whoa, check him a spirit. Because I know his character. I know him, and I know he's a man of honor that honors the people of God. I know his character, so I can go to the source. I can go to him and be like, this doesn't sound like you. Okay? And the Bible makes us familiar with the sound and character of God's voice so that we can hear him in the noise of life. This is our source, okay? It teaches us how to hear the voice of God. Now, it also teaches me how to listen to the world around me. So what I mean by that is that obviously our world, this life, it's got a lot to say. It's telling us what to do, how to act, what to think, what to fear, who's right, who's wrong, what's good, what's bad. And the more we listen to God's voice, the more we'll be able to filter the other voices that are very loud in our lives, right? So in life, when culture is telling you to fear this and fear that, what is God speaking in his word? Do not fear. I am with you. And when the world is telling you that Jesus is kind of out of date, he's culturally irrelevant, you don't really need the Bible for him anyways, 
What does God say in Proverbs 1? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. And when the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy is telling you, you don't have value and your life is meaningless, what does God's word say in Isaiah 43? He says, no, I have chosen you. I've called you by name. You are precious. You are honored in my sight, and I love you. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells me that I have plans and purposes that God has given me for a hope and a future, right? So I don't have to listen to the other voices. Why? Because I know his voice and I know his truth. And when everything around us is telling us to be anxious about the politics happening or the culture that's going, and that means the best way to fight one another is to disagree and to dislike and to rant on Facebook about what you think about this or that. But what does his word say? Psalm 2, Jesus is king. Romans 8, I am a part of his kingdom, and I am adopted as his child. Revelation 21 says he's making all things new, that his kingdom never ends, Isaiah 9. And so I don't need to fight against people. I don't need to be anxious in my spirit because I have a savior. I have a king. I know him, and I am known by him, and I'm a part of his eternal kingdom. This is very good news for us, my friends. This is so good, and we are just free. We're free to love people and serve them and lead them in the peace of God because we are not tossed to and fro. My friends, we have the word of God. It is living and active. We can know Jesus. This is amazing. This is amazing news. We are supposed to be filled with the power of God to go out into the world and bring Jesus to them. And I think a lot of times we're just so powerless because we don't know what he's saying. Okay? And we're paralyzed because we don't know what Jesus is saying. I would love to do that. I don't know what you're saying. Hey, he's like, there it is. That's what I'm saying to you. And this is such freedom for us from the, I should read my Bible. I just know I should. No, 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 no. I get to read my Bible. I want to know what God is saying to me. I love when God is speaking to me. I want his word in my life, and I need it. So I'm not a mess, okay? This is so good. And so as we're reading the Bible, as we're listening to what God is saying, we don't want to just read words on a page, right? But I think there's just a few things. I, I think we need to be consistent, okay? I hope this encourages you. Be consistent. We have to give ourselves time in his word, okay? We're not going to know overnight, okay? The foundation of our life is going to be built on every day on building that history with God. So give yourself time. Don't give up. Keep listening to his word. And if you're overwhelmed by the enormity of the Bible, I totally understand. Pick a plan. Pick a person. Say, this is what I'm going to do. Help me. Help me. Help me see the Bible this way. Okay? And just throwing it out there, read through Acts. Okay? If you don't know what to read in the Bible, read through Acts. 
It'll change your life, okay? If you're experiencing hopelessness, do a word study, okay, on hope. Find every verse you can on hope in the Bible, and you write them down. You post them on your bathroom mirror. You memorize them. This is not legalistic because I know this sustains my life. So, so good. I want us to know and see the word of God as relational. And so ask him questions when you're reading the Bible. Ask him questions. God, what are you telling me about your character? God, what are you telling me about who I am? God, how does this story show me Jesus? How can I live this truth in my life? What is my next step? God, what are you saying? Because when we have this relational lens, we can see it. As God is speaking to me, I can hear him. I can know him. And that is exciting. Is that exciting to anyone else? Awesome. Okay, the band, you can come on up. Um, Andrew's going to lead us in a time of just responding to God from what he's saying. But I just, I think this is so cool, y'all, that God has given us the Bible to hear him and know him. Okay, so I want us to go ahead and stand on up. I think it's so cool that we can read our Bible and at any point in time, morning, your lunch break, with your kids, whatever you're doing, God is going to speak to you. And so I want us to have that expectation. I want us to have that hope that God is going to speak to us, okay? And so I wanna challenge you this month. Um, Steve challenged us a while ago, Justin said, to read your Bible every day, okay? For the whole month of February, I wanna give you the challenge again, right? Because that might be, that might be your your month. It's stuck. This might be your month. It sticks, okay? And so I want to challenge you to read your Bible every day and put your 3D lenses on that God's going to speak to you, and He is talking to you, and you can hear Him. And so let's live it. Let's run the race. And I think if we'll do this, we're going to be unstoppable. We're going to be unshakable human beings on the earth. And I think that Our world really needs that. So I'm going to pray for us. Andrew's going to come on up. Okay. All right, let's respond to the Word of God. Amen? Heather's been challenging us to open ourselves up to the Word of God. And just in this time of response, like we always say, we want to be a people who respond to the Word of God, not just hear it. And this has been all about the Word of God. We're going to have some people off to the side to pray for for you. And I just want us to take this moment. And um, we talk about this a lot during this time, but this gospel, Jesus, his invitation was repent. And that that, that can sound like a heavy word, kind of like reading the Bible can sound like a heavy word to give. But he's an invitation to say, just turn from all the other voices and come here for me. And I want to invite all of us to just in these moments as we worship to invite the Holy Spirit and say, God, is there another voice that I've been listening to more than your voice? Is there a voice that's been defining me louder than your voice? Is there a voice that's been telling me who I am, who you are louder than your voice? And just might be right there in your in your seat to say, okay, God, Lord, tell me what that voice is, and I want to repent. I want to turn from that and turn to your voice. You might be here this morning, and you need to hear from God. This is why we always have people available to pray. They're not perfect and all that kind of stuff, but we hear God together as his family and as his people. If you're standing there and you're saying, I'm not hearing anything, I just need a touch from God or whatever, just don't care what anybody else thinks about how messed up your life might be. Forget all that. Just go get what you need from God. Amen? So we're going to have Heather pray for us as we respond. 
So let's repent and turn to God and expect that even in these last few moments together, the Holy Spirit's gonna draw us close into his word. Thank you, God. Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts, enlighten our hearts to hear you and know you that we might see wondrous things in your word. God, and I pray right now that the Holy Spirit would fall on every single person and that they would hear you more clearly than they've ever heard you in their whole life. They would hear you calling their name, beckoning them to come to you. And we bless your name, God. We thank you for the gift of your words, God, that we can stand on. In Jesus' name, amen.